Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies under 90 minutes. Okay, today on our show, clocking in at 88 minutes, we're talking about 1973's Westworld, written and directed by Michael Crichton. Uh, the you know I I chose this movie when we were curating this uh, second half of the season because you know I figured well the TV show went on for four years and and you know there so there must be something to it. Uh, this baby's a bona fide franchise, you know, like Westworld, which is weird when you think about it. Like, I I don't know why, but yeah, uh, and I assumed. Like Jurassic Park, this would have started as a book. But no, this was straight to screen. Straight to screen, yep. Immediately a screenplay. Uh, a screenplay immediately. And uh, and when asked, Michael Crichton was like, I just don't think it would work as a book. Meanwhile, he did release a companion book like at the same time that the movie was out. But, oh, that son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, uh, point being... It was not a book originally, and I found that fascinating when I read that fact that the that Westworld starts with this movie. Like everyone's knowledge of Westworld, this there was a sequel called Future World, there was mm-hmm. a, a TV series in the '80s, and then of course the HBO series that ran for four seasons. I know nothing about it. Apparently, the fourth season is dog shit, and it got canceled. So it's it's uh, it's nothing. I anymore. heard heard a couple things about what they did what the 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 subversive twist that they thought would be cool about the show that katie told me about they're like um like the gunslinger is a human and it's all the robots that he terrorizes so they flip it in uh westworld and he just does nasty he, he relives he relives a nasty fantasy over and over apparently that's weird that's, yeah, that's fucking. Uh, <laughs> so he's just an asshole the whole time, basically. As yeah. opposed to these people who are like, "Oh, this is cool. This is we get to live out a fantasy that we w- could never possibly do now." And th- this guy is just like, "Fuck these Correct. robots." And Correct. He just, that's shitty. Um. Yeah. This is. Uh, yeah, uh, did you look at the the trivia? The IMDb triv. Uh, very little. I saw that this was uh certainly an inspiration. For uh, Schwarzenegger's performance in Terminator One, sure, because this is definitely a precursor to that. Not only that, but uh, Michael Myers, the original Halloween, John Carpenter mm. gives tribute to uh, this relentless I mean, sort of killer. This dude's unstoppable. Yeah, even after being mm-hmm. set on fire, and he's all melty and crispy. So there is something to be said about this movie. I think it's it just it's so tight. It feels like the tip of a, an iceberg in this very rich sci-fi world that he does not flesh out at all. Instead, the second half of the movie is more or less a chase sequence, which I think is pretty cool and tense. But don't get me wrong. But there's so much more to learn there. I, I found that I was really enjoying this movie. Um, and then until we get to the second half, 
which uh-huh. is basically like this is like the same format as Death Proof, you know, like yeah, the chasing second half is all chasing. Like second half. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, I just found it to like be very slow. Like I, I like mm-hmm. the pacing to me just slowed way the fuck down, which is like, you know, obviously it's a chase. So obviously we're not covering a large span of time. But there was just something about it that felt uh, it drained me. I, I found it draining, but I, but I still enjoyed it. It was just like harder to get through the second half. Yeah, I, I could see that. Like ironically, even though it's the tip of an iceberg, uh, they kind of squander their screen time on just kind of dicking around in the West and then intercutting with uh, Medieval World, which is not even connected to our, our main characters in Westworld. So I don't really understand that. Yeah, for a movie called Westworld, we do spend a lot of time in Medieval World and, and, and we get an extended sword fight of the weakest caliber I've seen to the point where it's almost comedic. <laughs> I really thought it was a joke at first. Uh, they should not to mention Dick Van Patten world a bit of that in this movie. Yeah, uh, his his little subplot where he gets to be sheriff and then, uh, well, like that doesn't really like what happens to Dick Van Patten in this movie. He just gets murdered, I assume. I something like that. I don't remember what happens to <laughs> poor, him specifically. Poor DVP. Poor Dicky Van Pats. Damn. So. Uh, I, I've been holding on to this since you said his name. Do, is, do you think uh, Michael Crichton, is he still alive? Is he still with us? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'll look Doesn't up. matter. Do you think he's he's mad that his movies never made it to, to the Criterion, so he did an offshoot called The Criterion, where it's like Congo <laughs> and Jurassic Park and this and whatever else he did? He did uh, another follow-up directorial uh, effort Died in 2008. Later. Okay. And yeah, I, he probably. I, I thought so too. I, I had a feeling like I, I kind of remember his uh, death. Okay, he probably died a very spiteful man. <laughs> he wanted his own Criterion collection. My my Criterion collection. <laughs> These are my so movies. Anyway, worth it. Yeah, Congo's great. What's the problem? <laughs> Tim Curry, uh, Bruce Campbell for a little bit. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, what's, what's, what's your problem with it? Congo. Remember like monkey movies in the 90s? Yeah, they you had were a Congo thing. and you had Outbreak and that yeah. was it. Yep. Maybe Tarzan. And uh, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, that's it cuz then that's you get it. In, then then you get into the Big Apes movies. I mean, well, oh, you, you know, you big get Big Apes movies. Not that not that it's a monkey. Well, you get Monkey Trouble. Uh Mighty uh, Joe Young. Uh, uh, Mighty Joe Young. Was yeah. it was it yeah, uh, 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 coming soon to the show Dunstan checks in, although that's a that's an ape oh. as well. Love Dunstan. Love DC in, yeah, DCN. DCI, DCI. Thank you. Uh, that but was here, worth it too. Here, here we're talking about Westworld. Um, Western World. Western, I hear it Western that, World. Uh, once or twice in this movie. Yeah. So yeah, they they kind of cut between that and uh, there's also Roman World, but we don't see a lot of Roman World in this. And Roman World. Anytime they cut to yeah. it, it seems like it's a bunch of half naked people just going ah. Like running it's around. an orgy. It's either they're all running in pleasure or pain, and that's it. That's that's what's going on in Roman world. What's funny is all the the women who go to the like the it's all rich white people who go to these places, by the way, because it's a thousand dollars a day, which adjusted for inflation is over six thousand dollars a day in twenty twenty two, according to the trivia. Yeah. If you want to go to one of these places, so that's a lot of moolah. So these people, uh, yeah, these older women especially, they get really hot to trot in this movie about Roman world and like the the little uh, centurion guys oh, walking around. Oh, the the men, the the, the men, the, these these gods with their chiseled bodies, oh, gods with bodies. 
Mm-hmm. That's what they're looking God's for. With, God's with bonds. <laughs> meanwhile, right. meanwhile, the men are looking for whores. Oh for, yeah, for, for British whores. whores, British whores or Western whores. That's right. Uh, and that's like another subplot we get with this other guy who is not related to our main characters, but we get to know him quite a bit and his quest to sleep with this chambermaid. And yeah. it all, like spoilers, it all resolves in her gaining enough sentience and, and whatever to push back and say, no, I don't want to sleep with you, which is not ordinary in medieval world. And how dare her? I know. <laughs> Rape world uh, yeah. is what's going on in these places also. Yeah. Um, but West Westworld is like, it, don't get me wrong. It's a, all three of these places are extremely horny, but Westworld it seems more like an adrenaline junkies paradise, and that's yeah. what uh, our. Who do you think the mustache guy looks like? Because we always have somebody. This guy is a combination. At at various times in the movie, looks like Adam Scott with a mustache. Yep. yep. He looks like Dominic Cooper a couple times. Love it. To the Love point it. where at some point he looks like Rowan Atkinson with a mustache. <laughs> and George Clooney, a little bit of George Clooney in maybe, there. Right? Maybe, maybe young little Clooney dog. Maybe at certain angles, sure. But for the most part, he kind of looks like Adam Scott with a mustache. That's what I was thinking. And I was like. I like the the show from what I hear is not something I would enjoy, but I like this concept. I really think you could make another shot at just a remake of the movie and make it about this concept. Don't do a twist on it or anything like that. And then get Adam Scott to play the mustache guy. It'd be just great. Do it, just do it as close to the original as you can. Do the thing where where it's a sequel and they're just like, we're going to ignore everything else that we did. Which sure. is a direct sequel. And Adam Love Scott's going to fill in that role. <laughs> and uh, and even though he's dead, uh, Christian Bale can fill in for Josh Brolin, uh, James dude, Brolin, because dude. he looks exactly like on the plane dude. when he's kind of like smirking at him. I'm like, I God know. damn it. You throw a mole on his eyebrow and he's fucking Christian Bale. <laughs> I always think of the same thing. He looks like a cross between Josh and Christian, but a lot more Christian. And I was that, like uh, in, in it. In my head, I was going into this movie, and I was like, you know what I'm going to ask Dan? And I, I, this is before I even put the movie on. I'm going to pose to Dan the question, who do you think is more handsome, James or Josh? And as soon as I see him in this movie, I'm like, no, it's James. There's no question about definitely, it. James definitely. Brolin is way more handsome. Josh, uh, he's got – you got to – once you <laughs> – you have to watch Labor Day <laughs> to really get to the charm of Josh Brolin. You know, he, he's got the charm, but yeah, James is definitely way physically more attractive. God, yeah. and he's like like six inches taller than everyone else around him when he's walking around and like uh-huh. God damn, I had a fucking crush on him in this. I would have <laughs> I would have I would have done him. So he's um uh I guess that's there was something else I wanted to mention, but I'm sure we'll get back around to it. But, like, the movie's structured strange. It's under 90 minutes. Oh, uh, the trivia. It was it was such a tight shoot. They shot it in 30 days, I think 30 or 31 days, like so exactly like a month. And then it was released in theaters five months later. So they had to oh, cut wow. it. They had that's to like, score it. All that shit. That's like a Freddy Krueger turnaround. <laughs> so I, I really commend the 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 pioneer spirit behind the making of this movie, what they were able to pull together in those months. Oh, and the one other thing I wanted to mention in my, in our reboot remake sequel casting is, uh, I'm thinking Jason Statham for the Yul Brenner role. Uh, sure. Maybe I mean, it feels, it feels a little <laughs> on the nose, but you know, you want to get somebody who's 
got more of just a just more a face presence. You know, it's mm. about it's it's about like a you need like a square jaw with like a five o'clock shadow and I don't mm. know. Jason Statham's kind of got like a pencil head to me. What if what if Joseph Gordon Levitt got really jacked and they shaved his head and he dressed up like a cowboy? Maybe I, I'm, I, I'm fine. Honestly, I'm just I'm finding it hard to picture because he's such a small guy. Yeah, but um, let's talk about Yul Brenner in this. Um, I don't really know much about him. I never really saw The King and I or anything like that, save for that. I believe there's a decorative plate in our grandparents' uh, <laughs> yes, spare there bedroom is. There of Yul Brenner. A, a King and I plate that <laughs> resided in our grandparents' house, among other decorative uh, collector's plates that had movie things on it. But that was the only one that I think survived was that fucking Yule Brenner one where he's standing he, there in Superman pose with his arms on his hips. He looked hands. very, um, yeah, like very Superman-y. Yeah. And um, in the, he has a presence, certainly. In this era, from what I understand, he was kind of strapped for cash, and he accepted the salary for this movie was uh, considered a paltry sum. Uh, I know adjusted for inflation was about half a million at mm. the time so i think it was like seventy thousand dollars at the time or something like that sure i don't know what you know you know i i don't know what he deserved and like when his peak was this is kind of to me i'm trying to think of like this might be the equivalent of maybe burt reynolds when he did the strip tease <laughs> to <laughs> off the top of the dome <laughs> he's not like hot anymore he's just kind of working just like this is the one that'll remind someone else of you and then you'll get a good a good gig after this <laughs> but uh, i like this movie overall um i like and i like striptease so hey you know oh yeah yeah <laughs> when was the last time you saw striptease? i don't know it was a long time ago I'm for me sure. last quarter <laughs> yeah does it yeah. hold up we there were parts that were really funny there were other parts that were like hmm the, tonally this movie's strange it's like it's really dark it's at times it's yeah, dramatic it's, it's like it's, an oddly dark comedy that you're not sure is a comedy at times but mm-hmm. if you just if you accept it as a comedy it's it's pretty good magic mike way better sure, <laughs> no, I advocated sure. for magic mike I've, as I've but if you want to see some ladies strip tease sure just do that double Certainly. feature mm-hmm. yeah there you go back his, to back. A, a his and hers double feature Ass to ass. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll get into it here. Yeah. West Western world. Um, okay, so it uh, starts with what I thought was going to be the entire movie was this reporter doing this uh, yeah. <laughs> man on the street news report where he's interviewing different people coming into line, coming uh, to go to Westworld, medieval world. Roman was like, excuse me, ma'am, where are you going? Well, I'm going to medieval world. Well, how many times have you been? This is, this is my third and I love it. Mm-hmm. And another guy comes in, excuse me, sir. Like, and this just keeps going yeah. for like, like five, seven, eight minutes. I don't know. It goes but, on for a very long time. And yeah, it is like, we're watching what is essentially a parody of like these kinds of video i mean it's you know yeah. played for laughs for us but they're doing it very earnestly um i love um this is in 2022 sorry you got to clear my throat a little bit <clears throat> was definitely the year of like eating the rich and it's still going on this like white lotus like look how satirically look how dumb rich people rich white people are on vacation look how they're savages look how they're they're talking shit behind each other's back uh triangle of sadness was another one sure uh there's a couple the menu even was another one like let's let's make fun of the bougie culture you know rich snobs white people well good we'll Uh, take them down a peg and this is like this is a precursor to all that too westworld like 
as, as I don't think people when they even like kids when they think of Westworld, they definitely don't think of this movie. They think of that show, if anything, if anything, you know. Sure. Yeah. So I think it's time to bring it back to the the forefront, uh, you know, conscious wise. Yeah, I mean, it makes me question what because uh, I'm not a big reader, but uh, you know what the book for Jurassic Park is like because like this has. Um, a point of view about the people who are attending this park, you know? So uh-huh. I wonder if the book Jurassic Park has way more of a, of that type of edge to it. And of mm-hmm. course, Steven Spielberg is like, no, I know how to make this a great movie <laughs> by adding loads of heart. Like, dude, like half my, like some of my investors are rich white men here. I got to make this movie, dude. <laughs> yeah. Would you like this rich white man to make your movie? Then we're going to add a little bit of what this rich white man wants. Yeah. And he really, he, what I also dig about this is, you know, as I've always said for years on this show, is, is squeezing juice. And, and and I've said it for squeezing fruit, all the juice that you can get. And that comes in many ways. What I mean is if you have an idea, you can maybe take it out. You can iron out some wrinkles, dye it a different color. And then if it's different enough, i.e. Westworld and Jurassic Park, Second time's a charm, baby. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, it is not the. I mean, he is certainly the king of of theme park crisis movies, Michael. Crichton. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Any story of you is like you need a theme park and something bad goes down. I got you. He's the Mac Daddy of that. Like or he I love that. Yeah. Like he like he he set the table for all that. Anybody who makes that now is see, doing see. a Westworld Jurassic Park, like a Crichton, you know? I'm going to see if he had anything to do with uh, Future World as well, which was the sequel to this movie. Right. Yeah. There wouldn't, you know, it goes without saying that there wouldn't be a Future World without a Westworld, so... Uh, uh, No, no, written uh, written and directed by someone else. Okay. So they, they... they like the concept. Yeah, not, not involved. Michael Crichton and the original studio were not involved in Future World, which came out three <laughs> years later. Oh, boy. What other worlds could there have been? I, you know, uh, I'm, yeah, that's like, what I'm... Mm-hmm. If you really want to like immerse people in a, a truly different time period... Well, you know, like I you got of, like uh, medieval yeah. England, and you got your West, and then you got... I guess Roman. I w- I don't know that I even would have thought about Roman times, but like I don't no. even know what else you would. Where else would you send people? That's the thing. I was like, I don't want to go to any of these places really. But um, when I think of your question, I think of the holodeck um, next gen. I think of like where they go. Yeah. And uh, some in one episode is Sheriff of Nottingham, and another one it is a Western episode, but it's more exciting. But uh, another one is uh, a 1920s era gangster. Kind of yeah, cigar yeah. chomping I Bugsy Malone. Yeah, that's that's the only one. Yeah, that's that's as far a... back as that's as current as you can get. I think because uh, anything else is gonna not feel different enough. For me, I I have to say, um, hippie world would be a lot of fun. Maybe sixties. Like it might like be, going might be to fucking Woodstock. filthy and smell terrible. But, but so would Westworld, I guess. Woodstock's one of those things, though. It's just like. You had to be there, man. Just a a, a reenact a Woodstock reenactment every single day. You could go for a yeah. Day. Mm-hmm. 
go visit the farmhouse. I'd with, rather, like, you know what? If I if yeah. I want a, a, a fun, exciting vacation, I'm gonna go to a Woodstock '99 uh, oh. reenactment. <laughs> Limp it, biscuits. It's gonna be disaster <laughs> and fire and chaos and everyone angry, angry oh, youth everywhere. RHCP uh, uh, encouraging a fire. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Woodstock 99 would be a nice, like, you have the fun 60s Woodstock, like, maybe you have a bad acid trip, but, like, that's it, and then you, the sequel is the bad, uh, uh, Woodstock experience, the 99. I think, I think you should be forced to go to both, but you start with 99, <laughs> and then you go back to, to the 60s, whatever, and then you, you're like, oh, that, that was good. Can you imagine the people who went to both, like who, because there are people definitely lived to through both, sure. like, uh, and they go to ninety nine and they're like, hmm, <laughs> they're all because they're, uh, they're all in there, like they were all would have been old by that point, right? This is not what uh, this, this uh, original uh, festival this is was about. Five dollars for a water bottle, uh, I tell you, but um, anyway, fucking disgusting Woodstock ninety nine. <laughs> Yeah, when you Watch ask those that documentaries, it's fucking nasty. Oh, I love, I love that stuff though. It's like, I guess I got like the the shot in front when it comes, like the fire festival doc. Yeah, like <laughs> that stuff. I like, I dig that stuff. Um, <laughs> disaster, but um, anyway, what other worlds is that? It like a future yeah, I, world I, would be could be cool. I guess like, that's yeah. the only one. But you know, to go to time periods that already existed, I don't know what else you could go to. Mm-hmm. That's distinct mm-hmm. and different enough that would make you feel like yes, that's worth it. Got it. Yeah, but they chose this place. A lot of people, apparently, a lot of rich white people want to be cowboys and cowgirls. And I wonder how many. And this is gross, but or whatever. You know, you're you, you can empower yourself. But middle-aged women going to be saloon girls, who just like right? are looking for maybe, some cowboy maybe, strange. Maybe you know, they are. They've been married for thirty years. They're like, I just want to get as many cowboys in me as I can before the weekend is up. But the thing is, like, how many? Here's my question: How many are are humans and how many are robots in this place you know because if you're just interacting with just another cosplayer at westworld it seems like you could just do that in the real world for a lot real world for a lot cheaper you know well yeah but you know you don't have the whole maybe you want to be like confused about who's who that level of uh anonymity i i get it all right yeah you know okay i don't want to fuck a robot but Josh Bro or James, I'm gonna keep doing that too. James Bro apparently wants to bang me too. too. Yeah, he's, he's like he's one of the things. The first thing he does when he shows up is is bang a prostitute in a saloon. Oh god, he's yeah. knee deep in robo pussy. <laughs> so I, I, we'll start from the beginning. So we're back to the, the news yeah. reporter. He's asking all the questions. It's very satirical. Whoa, feels like a uh, an is old the, dystopian. A um, was that sci-fi? No, I think that was, um, let me pause here. Sure. You okay, hon? Yeah, okay. Okay. Need any help? No, Okay. All right. Everything's good. Good. What was I saying? Um, uh, uh, I don't know. That was so distracting. Well, we were talking about just the, the beginning after the news report, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, satirical. It's a bunch of white people. They're going to the parks and uh, they do that thing there. And um, 
Uh, it's pretty much good. We cut to we cut to Adam Scott and uh, James Brolin, and, and Christian Bale on the plane. Yeah, and he's asking all these questions because James Brolin is the guy who's been there before at least once or twice, mm-hmm. and this Adam Scott guy is like, uh, I've never been, so I have all these questions. Yeah. Do I get a, a a leg holster, for example, which he calls like a leg string? Like a stringy thing? And, and James Brolin is looking at him with the smirk that's just like, it's almost like, this guy is so adorable. Like, he thinks nah, he's cute. I know. I know. You know, like, it's. I feel like it's a 70s thing where it's like two dudes, they're like, and then they're like hanging out and they just kind of, one of them looks at him for like a long period of time. Maybe because <laughs> the pacing of 70s movies are just like um, it, it different, so different and slower. But yeah, just the... I guess there were more homoerotic looks in <laughs> 70s uh, dude movies, you know? And I'm, I'm for it, honestly. I like the, the, the smirks he gives throughout this. <laughs> um, so they're on the plane. He's asking the questions. And he's like, yeah, I got all. I got you, man. Like, it's going to be cool when we get there. And he's like, I got you. So they get there. And um, like I said, we don't, we don't know how many humans are there and how many robots. But there are certain rules we learn along the way, which I appreciate. Every sci-fi movie needs to do this. Uh, for example, um, this comes a little bit later, but uh, you can't shoot each other. And the reason for that is because the guns have body it, heat it sensors. Body heats, yeah. They see, uh, can't shoot anything uh, because other than another machine because the machine is cold. But I'm just like, how how cold can these fucking animatronics, these advanced animatronics be like there has to be like a certain level of heat inside of them that like is generated like how fucking hot does a computer get just sitting there you know like this is a walking animatronic thing right i don't know i I was wondering what that threshold is and and if it can detect the difference but apparently it can't tell the difference between fire and and a person later so that is uh yep he uh, Adam Scott uses that to his advantage at the end. You know but, why? Because uh, his vision uh, was based on movement. Uh, very much Fucking like <laughs> raptors in the kitchen. I've got definitely raptors in the kitchen vibes in the third act of this movie. For sure. Um, but uh, James Brolin mostly wants to bang, and it, you get the sense that Mr. Adam Scott guy. <laughs> I, I swear it. I'm going to give the real actor's name soon. But... I'm not. It's Adam Scott. <laughs> he 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 seems like more of an adrenaline junkie because he, right off the bat, he kills Yul Brenner. He's the first guy he kills within minutes of getting there. They have a misunderstanding at the saloon mm-hmm. before taking those whores upstairs. Yeah, those whores. Well, he's kind of like, it's it's... It's the kill that kind of unlocked because he's like hesitant and like doesn't really he can't really get into it at first until he's like kind of like confronted at the bar. Mm-hmm. And then he's just kind of like, now's your chance. Like, let's get into it, you know, and then like he, he shoots you a Brenner and then it like he's like, oh, like this is why I came here. Like he didn't even know that that's yes. the thrill that he was seeking until he it, got it. Yeah. He, um. You know what uh, the movie Hostel is like? It's like Murder World because you get a scene or two like that where rich white dudes realize how much they enjoy killing or torturing other humans like while they're there. I know, like, really disgusting, twisted stuff, but um, it's the same kind of thing, that revelation there while you're there. Sure. The things I didn't know I could get, but oh now the God. power is surging through my veins. The power you know? of murder. <laughs> you're right. Um, it, it, so he goes and, and James wants to bang his whore and Adam Scott clearly is more into 
the bank robbery that's happening outside. Mm-hmm. He So he does his business with his whore, but afterwards they hear some shooting outside, and apparently this is one of the a few deleted scenes in the movie that old Crichton cut out. Uh, it was the actual bank robbery. Oh, yeah? We, got, we just heard what was happening downstairs. And Brolin's like, sounds like they're just wrapping up. Or get, they're over. It's like, um, and Scott's kind of like, sorry, we, I'm sorry we missed it kind of deal, you know? He's like, wait, there's a fucking, like, come on. You could bang a robot or you could go get into a bank robbery without actually getting arrested, except you do can get arrested in this town. I, honestly, Jer, I would do all of it as much as I could, right? That's what Westworld's about. Right? I mean, you know, you know I guess. You know, it, it's not uh, it's not as cookie cutter and, and not cookie cutter, but you know, soft around the edges as as the Star Wars world. But you know, you I guess there's missions and stuff you can do there too. So, uh huh. You know, it, if it still exists by the time this podcast comes out, because <laughs> nobody's going to the damn thing. Oh really? Shit. I, just I feel like that's the same fate for Mario. Like, as I looked at the map, I look at everything, and I'm like, besides some of the treats that look really nice and the sodas. Like, there's nothing really going on at that Mario Not Universal yet. Park. Not yet. They're going yeah. to have, like, a whole different, a couple other attached areas, like a Donkey Kong area, and a, <laughs> like a Donkey Kong area. Nothing made me laugh harder, though, when they did the, uh, I think it was a sneak preview, like, week before that Marvel uh, Park opened, and it was the Spider-Man yeah. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. Where he like for like it for, they switch between human and dummy on the wire, like robot on the wire, like and it's such a sloppy slow transition. It's like, "All right guys, hold on. I'm going to do it. I'm going to spin a web. Hold, hold on." And then he's like, "You don't see him." He's like runs off for like two whole minutes. He's like, "Hold on." And, and then just... they launch the dummy robot thing on the wires. And if it, if it makes it across, which is my favorite thing, is watching it crash over and over. <laughs> Spider-Man uh, fails at Avengers Campus. How is it that that sucks so bad and the Waterworld stunt spectacular is so amazing to this day? <laughs> and that movie is so obsolete. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, dude, like anybody out there. Uh, if you ever have the chance to go see the Water World show, go see the Water World show. It's it's awesome. I just remember Universal. <laughs> we did you know, the one time I went, we did it in a day, uh-huh. and it's, I was just like, I got everything I need out of this. I saw the Blues Brothers there. I was there uh-huh. by the shark. We went, we went, we went on the the fucking thing with the King Kong, I think. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and, was, yep. and I was just like. What about Fast and Furious? That's like such a joke of a ride. Yeah, we went on, we went on ET. We went on the oh. uh, the um, the Twister thing, which was so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Bill Paxton I think sounding I missed that. so completely uninterested. I don't know if it was still around there. I love that's a that's a whole other like sub genre of acting is theme park performance because they never give their hundred percent it's usually like 75 and you can see that they're drained <laughs> but like the guardians ride and stuff like that you just can, like I, which is weird like mm-hmm. i don't know did, i didn't go on the guardians one so i don't know like if the, they always seem just if the like performance out of is it. up to snuff but like yeah, I, I like definitely the star wars rides we were on was just like oh like ray's phoning it in right now but yeah 
yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't like, especially with like at least the Guardians, where I'm just like, well, James is directing these things. Like, why would you not give it like as much as you can? I don't know. I had an idea for a sketch I thought was pretty funny, and it's um, somebody who directs theme park performances, and it's an actor, and they give it their all, and he's like, that's not going to do. We are going to need it to be shittier, much shittier I, than I, this. I, I, I'm going to need way less from you. I don't know what. <laughs> whatever you're giving me, dial it way back. Exactly. And then you move on from that. Um, premise, and then move on. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so they're there. Adam Scott's seen some action. He's killed Yul Brenner. And here's what's interesting. Um, here's what's kind of weird is the robots actually, like, die. They have robot corpses. They spurt bright red blood, fake blood. Mm-hmm. And they lay as corpses until crews come late at night with really bright lights that would people would definitely see through their windows at these saloon hotels Absolutely. and stuff. You can't tell me that people aren't hearing this at 3 in the morning when you have no soundproofing because it's the fucking West. So inconspicuous, these cleanup crews. Like, beep, just, beep. Oh, my God. Get, pick it up. Insane floodlights. <laughs> um, so that happens. But, like, so you – and what else is interesting is you'd think that they would wipe their memory. And I don't know if this is the first of many glitches because what we find out is they just kind of allude to this in the dialogue is that this is a computer virus that inevitably causes these uh, robots to malfunction and, and turn and – the line between human and robot uh, gets blurred, and they actually start hurting them, and that's the you know the big stakes of right. this whole story. Can't do that. Can't have that. <laughs> but uh, so Yul Brenner dies. But like, what I'm getting at is, you'd think they'd wipe his memory, and then the next day he'd wake up and it would start over. But he is a relentless, like enemy. As soon as you kill him. He is on your ass the next day, which he is. They wake up, they go about their business, and once again, Yul Brenner shows up, and they have to put him out of his misery once again. Just like it used to be in the Old West when you would kill a man and he would come back the next day. <laughs> that would scare to the seek shit his revenge. out of me. I think that would honestly scare me out of Westworld. It'd be like, dude, I killed this guy yesterday. Like, I'd get shell shocked after killing him again. But I dropped my gun, shivering. I'd be like, I have to get out of here. I just I like, killed him twice. To me, the thing that my brain goes to immediately is the idea of going back to that saloon and like mm-hmm. the bar and just sitting there and having a drink, and him coming up and doing the exact same thing as if he doesn't remember you at all. Yeah. And you're like, dude, we just did this yesterday, and he's just staring at you with those metallic looking eyes. Those uh, those eyes we got to talk about. But you reminded me of the NPC. Did you watch uh, the Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle no. movie? No. They kind of play with that with like NPCs in that, as oh, yeah. they should, because I think that's a rich kind of thing. And then, of course, uh, Free Guy. But uh, the, let's talk about the eyes. They achieve that with um, it's pretty mirror cool. contacts. Yeah, it's like these reflective contacts that are uh, pretty damn cool looking that I don't know that I've ever seen on any th- on anyone else. I, maybe they were like deemed like, oh, you can't put those in your eyes. My God, he's lucky he didn't go blind. I think for such a small little movie that, once again, just scratches the surface, it's very influential. Like, I feel uh, Crichton, it was a rush job, but such a creative, rich rush job of a movie mm-hmm. and i have to commend him for that and everybody especially yul brenner i thought he was terrifying in this every time he showed up you know yeah, all slow and like gripping his 
belt buckle. Yeah. <laughs> Although it it does get kind of funny again, like in the whole chase sequence at the end where the music is fucking insane. Yeah, I agree. I don't know what the hell they're doing with the score. It's like this bad, like, Western job, like maybe. horror movie. It, it's like, it sounds like a bad, like, the Western version of the Psycho song. Like, the, that stinging uh-huh. noise. Um, but the, just kind of the way that he's walking in some of those scenes, it's just kind of like, he looks kind of funny. He's just kind of like walking all stiff-legged a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I got vibes of uh, T-1000 in sure. uh, T2. Just that walking, and then he eventually it builds into a run in one shot. Um, I, I remember there's a, when he gets later on in the movie, he what I love about... The, the the chase that happens in the second half is he crosses paths into different worlds. You get to see him go into medieval world where it inevitably ends. You get to see them briefly in Roman world. You know they're they're breaking the uh, those those walls, the, those barriers between worlds, those those realities. So it'd be you like j- when you finally find that tunnel that leads back into Toy Story Land from Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> but once they get underground, it's a lab where they're doing repairs on the bots. And all the scientists have died because the bots have turned on them or have evacuated. Um, There's this long shot. I love these. Uh, For any of you horror filmmakers out there, maybe perhaps listen, maybe you want to make a horror. I think, and and It Follows kind of set this up. Not the biggest fan of that movie, but one thing aesthetically they did was the wide shot horror. When you see something in the back approach you from the wide and sure. that build up and you get that with Yul Brenner in it down that long dark corridor he just shows up and he just starts uh it's like he has unlimited ammo he just keeps firing at the guy yeah i don't know where the and ammo's you know. <laughs> coming from and he's running off of reserve power at this point i'm like my mm-hmm. god how fucking like why are you even letting these things run on regular power they could go for a long ass time <laughs> and uh the way he he's you want to see if it's going to be a robot and it's going to be an evil robot, you want to see it suffer considerable damage to reveal what's under that uh, that fake skin, you know. Oh, it's all about peeling back the peeling back the surface. <laughs> peel, 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 peeling back the surface. Peel back yeah. the surface and, and see see what's under underneath. Uh huh. And Love if that. and if you can uh, burn it and make it all crispy, then you got it. You know, you you got a robot movie. They think Cameron saw this. I, well, I know Cameron saw this and was like, there's some things. And, and Cameron spins straw into gold. It's just what he does. Don't bet against Cameron. I was I bet against him with Avatar 2. Don't bet against Cameron. I, I wanted to it's bet against simple. him. I just didn't place a bet. I voted present on that one. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Michael McCaw out there, uh, commend your tastes. You're a man of great tastes. So... Uh, as well uh, as anyone we else who liked Avatar, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see it. I still Just haven't. not I, a world I'm into. But don't not. bet against Cameron is, is the moral of this story. The whole story. Um, but anyway, he... Um, uh, <laughs> where are we now? Uh, we're kind of jumping all over. Oh, Cameron saw the... Okay, yeah. so Cameron sees this and he says, there's elements of this I can take and I'll, I'll make them better. I'll, make, I'll Cameronize them, you know? So once again, I think this movie is, is influential sure. in, in many ways. So anyway, uh, let's rewind. Let's go back to where we are in the film. Yep. So what happens now? Uh, uh, 
this is what post bank robbery. We've learned that the uh, yeah. We've learned about the virus. They kind of scoff the these the engineers or scientists or whatever you want to call these people in the white rooms. Uh, white coats are kind of like white rooms. It's ridiculous. What are you talking about? A virus? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, a virus. This is as much as crazy as you could believe. These mm-hmm. robots are experiencing a virus. And uh, I do like that the like the head of all of this, all of these guys is like immediately very concerned about the guests. It is not mm-hmm. about it, like it is not about like, oh, we'll just like cover it up and like make the company look good. He's immediately like, no, this is this isn't good. Like this is a problem. We oh, no shut down the power like he like he very um, quickly makes these decisions. And I appreciated that, that he's not just like some scumbag. Who's like, yeah, yeah, for just like, we can't do that. Like, it's the other scientists who are kind of like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm in charge. Do it. Mm -hmm. A dude just got stabbed. Reminds me of uh, Jurassic World, the Indian guy, the the guy from Life of Pi. Uh, Uh, He shows up and he's like a rich suit who flies his own helicopter, but he's definitely like, this no shit's going down. We got to fucking do something about this. Like, yeah, no, I'm here to help. I'm actually here to help. Yeah. Maybe he shows up a tad late, but you know he could—he's definitely there to help in that movie. Right. But uh, um, yeah, like I forgot to mention, we're cutting between scientists, white coats in white rooms, and we're—if you've seen the Itchy and Scratchy Land episode of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. one of the very best episodes of The Simpsons ever, Boo. I would say, easily top five. Yeah, like it's just that whole fucking season, a, man. God damn it! Exactly, that, that's, a, that's the best season. Agreed. Agreed. Because um, it's not not only is it, it what I found out is it's a beautiful satire of Disney World and the whole Disney company. Yeah. It's also a Westworld parody, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is great. You know, they even do the and this was innovative at the time, the computerized, digitized view from Yul Brenner's perspective. Yeah, I did read that. that that's like the first use of like computerized uh, imagery mm-hmm. or something like that in a movie, something some accolade that it got for doing that. Yeah, apparently it took eight hours to... to I want to say render, but that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a digital editing now, but, the you know, it whatever, develop, create, whatever, you know, whatever load. This, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's like, so you watch that. I can watch the Itching Scratchy episode now again with, that, uh, with those goggles on. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Um, another precursor like if the simpsons parody you that means you're you have a place in uh, pop culture yeah. certainly and uh this movie does so i don't th- i don't even think yul brenner was expecting this to be uh, i don't i don't even think it was it a hit i don't look at that stuff I mean, really it was it, it was it was uh i'll, I'll look up some uh i'll, I'll see what it did cool. after here but like, it, it, for me, it's kind of a blur because what happens is we're intercutting between our main guys, which we really want to spend the most time with, James Brolin and, and this Adam Scott guy. But instead, like I said earlier, we got Dick Van Patten in this movie who, like, we're, he's not even spending time with these guys, but we're cutting to him in, like, a saloon, hotel, motel or whatever, Holiday Inn, and he's waking up with his whore. And he, like, kind of, like... For comedic like purposes, he like mugs to the camera like, "Could you believe this, guys? I woke up with this lady," and then he becomes sheriff. It's like this other story within this movie going on that is not fleshed out at all. And you know? we do we just kind of just 
touch in with it. Like that's something that I guess the TV show could have expanded on if they if they did or did not. I don't know. Uh, the budget of this movie was one point two million dollars, and it grossed ultimately ten million dollars in nineteen seventy three. So that's you know I don't know what you know. Mm-hmm. It's no Jaws money, but you know <laughs> nothing right. was Jaws yet. Pretty good. Pretty uh, good. But, you know, hey, that's that's profitable. It's uh it it was a hit movie that obviously spawned a sequel and a TV show and inspired a lot of uh, other people. So, hey, you know. There's a couple other things that really that just happened. I'm just getting to the second half really, which is that chase sequence. It's uh we're also cutting to that one guy I mentioned who is not Dick Van Patten, but is just another kind of chubby middle-aged white guy who's trying to pick up on this uh this uh, barmaid in the medieval world Mm -hmm. and he gets really creepy and rapey with her and then she denies him we cut to the scientist saying that can't be usually this has she has to give in to the advances that's when they start to notice things are going bad Mm. that and the snake bite right yeah yeah the snake bite is the uh so uh, just to rewind a little bit they they kill you yule brenner a second time because uh, he breaks into their hotel room, which is like a little like, oh, this is oh, invasive yeah, now. Right. Now this is going too far. Like if you, as soon yeah. as I step out of this room, I'll I'll play along, but you can't come mm. into the room. Uh, so he breaks. They kill him again, but then he gets arrested. Adam Scott gets thrown in jail, and uh, that's uh, right. James Brolin decides to bust him out, and then they like they flee town, quote unquote, which is like I don't know yeah. how far they have to go to get out of this town. <laughs> like, what is the Quarter jurisdiction mile. of these? Like, is what's the radius of these robots? And how? Like, obviously they can travel this far, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, everything right down to. Oh, and by the way, like uh, we did hear the line that they spared no expense on this, which I found really entertaining in the. Early, <laughs> I think it was like in the early commercial. It was in the video that they were watching on the plane. That's that they're great. Like, we spared no expense in the. And I was like, oh, look at that. What do you know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, but uh, a snake bite is what happens. Uh, he he gets bitten, uh, or uh, James well, gets bit, right? Yeah, and it ups the stakes because the engineers could this is not supposed to happen, and the viewers know now that this is not supposed to happen, and so we can expect worse things to happen very soon, mm-hmm. and uh, certainly they do. And they were talking about this like there's like the scene where they're all sitting around a table, and they're like, we we saw these these spikes in uh, in Roman world or whatever, and like, but now like shit's getting everywhere. Like I like we we had it mm-hmm. contained, but now it's. <laughs> now all the robots are fucked up. I don't know what's going on. That orgy crush where people, you know, got crushed in the in the orgy pile. Yeah. That was just an axe. That was a fluke. Was a but fluke. this other, this this new, the snake bite and this uh, the whore that's not giving in to the rape. That's this, this that is, won't this stand. Is, they're here. always they're not supposed to bite and they're supposed to give in to all rapes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, we'll get right on that. We'll get our scientists right on that. <laughs> Going back to the trivia, James Brolin, he did suffer, I believe, a real snake bite because he it the, the bottom of the snake's teeth got his arm instead of the top, which was what they were padded uh, for and expecting. So I think he got some fangs in his arm during the production also. Fucking 73. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Um yeah, he looks at uh, Josh as Thanos and goes, "Oh, you're you're performing with sticks in a, in a room by yourself, huh? Okay." <laughs> he thinks about that snake. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. That's cute. Yeah, no, I like what you're doing in that little picture of yours. 
That's cute. <laughs> Did I show you my teeth marks? Look at these scars. <laughs> I know, Daddy. I know. He's. <laughs> I don't know I how know, John. Daddy, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know, Daddy. I know. Just listen to those Comcast commercials. I think he's the one who does Comcast. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If we're talking about voiceover ads. Uh, this is a message to John Goodman out there. You're oh, listening. God. I know you are. Quit trying to disguise your voice. We know it's you in these ads. Look, man, <laughs> the bottom set of your teeth do not sit in your mouth the right way anymore. Nothing sounds correct. We can tell it's you when you sound like this. Like you're, you're oh, You sound like you're missing the bottom set of teeth. <laughs> Just do you, man. Like we know it's you. It's fine. Who are you? What are you trying to p- pull? He was do. He's done voice work. Th- like I've never even heard him do in film or television before. In his voice to disguise himself. I, I, I assume out of embarrassment. I, I uh. nothing embarrassing about doing a fucking voiceover for a national commercial. Yeah, there's just something a little embarrassing when you're John Goodman and you sound the way you do it. It's just like, come on, man, you don't have, you're not James Earl Jones who's got his same voice until the day he fucking dies. <laughs> so yeah, John Goodman, that's just for you. Anyway, keep listening. Thank you. Uh, sorry about the Connors. Did that? That got canceled overall, didn't no, it? No, it's still running. Is it? It's still going. It's still going. Mm-hmm. We're still kind of watching. Okay, that's a guilty pleasure. It sounds like just one another one. It was just like we're going down with the ship. Like unless it goes, unless it gets really <laughs> Not- bad. Although I've said that like three or four times, and like I could think of at least two times where I'm like, we're going down with the ship, and then we still ba- we we Billy Zane our way off. We got- which <laughs> which what, what it was, were they? It was Gotham. We were like, we're gonna go down uh... with the ship, and then I saw the image of what Cameron Monaghan was gonna look like as the Joker. I was like, nope. Not even really? gonna do it. Uh, that looks that awful. I didn't want to put up with it. Um, and then um, what was Goldberg's. The, uh, Goldberg's. Yeah, we were just yeah. like, no, because we thought that this last season was gonna be the last one. And then they're like renewed for a tenth season, and we're like, are you serious? We got so depressed when we heard that that we had to be like, we can't. We just can't. Yeah. Nine's a good number for a sitcom to end. Uh, Friends, Raymond, Seinfeld. I believe we're all nines. I think. Friends I don't was know. ten. I don't know, but oh yeah, it was a little bit later for Friends. Yeah. I don't know. Nine is good. Yeah, nine's a some good can, number. Some would argue that seven is actually the best. Mm, if you can, if you cause can, because Larry David's departure. No, uh, well, I mean, there's that, but I think uh, Parks and Rec was a solid seven seasons. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Office. Uh, yeah, I think to, the, uh, the, many would agree. The yeah. Office goes bad for those last two seasons, and we're watching Roseanne again, and and even that gets kind of a little. Fucked up. Oh, after. you're rewatching Roseanne? Yeah. Okay. The dynamic is Jackie is an adopted sister, right? No. Oh, she's so they're natural. Yeah. Uh, they're bio biologic. sisters. And the mom becomes gay later in life. Oh God, I, the the convoluted storylines there. So yes, um, uh, uh, Bev uh, later on <laughs> after uh, after Roseanne and Jackie's father dies. Uh, uh-huh. learns that she never really cared for sex with men and uh, then ultimately decides that uh, comes out of the, cl- not comes out, but learns of her own homosexuality in her 60s, you know, at one point, like in the seventh or eighth uh. season. Because she was never allowed to really, you know, experiment mm-hmm. or, or learn that about herself. 
We were talking about because uh, Martin Mole showed up on a, a later episode of Community, like mm-hmm. still doing his thing, like Martin Mole thing. And this was like six or seven years ago, but still. Um, and we're like, remember Leon? And we're like, he normalized gay characters basically that in whole sitcom sh- to that, a certain degree. That show in general, like you can give credit to Ellen for being like the first lead mm-hmm. character that came out as homosexual. But Roseanne has the first lesbian kiss on television. Uh, it has the first like handful of like openly gay supporting characters who weren't like played as like, you know, oh my like, God, that, like, <laughs> like... weren't played as a stereotype or weren't like only yeah. resorted for like, you know, like they were utilized in a different way. Um, yes. but at, at the very least that the first lesbian kiss happens on, uh, and Leon. Yeah. yeah. And Fred Willard. Yeah. Like Leon they, and Fred, yeah, we like, they what? were funny just cause they were quirky. They did cause they were gay. It was just cause they were funny dudes. You no, know? no. Leon's awesome. Yeah. Just wanted to say that. Is he on the Connors? No. Leon? No. What the fuck? <laughs> I think it was in one episode of that 10th season of Roseanne. And then like, okay, that was it. All right. Um, so back to the movie. Yeah. Basically, the, the stakes are higher. The engineers recognize this. And it's like within minutes, shit hits the fan and the robots start to turn on the guys. It's not much of a sequence. In fact, there's some gnarly stuff that Crichton cut out of the movie also, which is in medieval world, uh, one of the bots putting uh, a guest on a rack and tearing their arms off. Ooh. Yeah, like pretty yas, yeah. <laughs> pretty crazy stuff. But like, I don't really remember much of the chaos in this. Well, really, because it's only like a like a couple big things that happen. It's mm-hmm. you get the sword fight in medieval world, right? Which right. goes on for fucking ever, and it's the weakest sword fight you've ever seen. And again, I thought it was supposed to be a joke at one point, and then I'm like, no, it's not a joke. <laughs> it just keeps going, and they're just like tapping each other, like. Like, uh, the Black Knight, yeah. Um, there's like a little. Remember the mention of the horny guy? I believe it's the Black Knight's wench, and that like it's a love triangle thing. Like, yeah, who cares? And yeah. the reason I thought it was funny is because it's like it's kind of a gag. The idea that like you come to medieval world, and then it's like, oh, now you're in this situation where you actually have to sword fight, and he's just like doesn't know what to do, and he's like thrusting the sword <laughs> in this weird, awkward way. But the Black Knight does nothing to fight back, and at this point, he would be fighting back because of the programming going haywire. So he's just kind of yeah. like thrusting his shield at him, and it's so fucking weak. They're just kind of lunging at each other. It's mm-hmm. pathetic and sad, and and I don't, you know, that's one thing that happens. And then yeah. you just kind of get, um, I mean, as this is going on, I think this is also the same time that the scientists decide to cut the power, and mm. like, but in doing so, lock themselves in the room. Yeah, uh, which is, is sort of similar to the computer room at the end of uh, Jurassic Park, where they can't open yeah. the. Man, they pulled off the door locks. <laughs> um, what I learned about this movie, just a little personal editorial, as a storyteller or whatever, just want to be no a storyteller. Damn it, is um, I if I was going to do a period piece, one of the things I don't like is is the dialect. I find myself like having to replicate that and make it authentic. This to me would be a good, a great entry point. If I wanted to make a Western would be it's modern men in the West. And there's the tongue in cheek, like aspect of it. Like, uh, you know, bang, bang, Hey, we're cowboy, you know, that kind right. of deal. Yeah. They can, like they that. can consciously lean into 
behaving mm-hmm. that way and get away yeah. with it. So, I like that a lot more than an authentic Western, personally. Than just trying, um, to, than trying to be like sincerely <laughs> writing that dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I guess I need a, a removal. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's not much. The power goes out. You get Jurassic, little tiny Jurassic Park vibes here and there. But ultimately, I get Terminator vibes. It, by the this, uh, by, the third act, yeah, yeah. It's this. I guess we're here now. Yul Brenner shows back up, and it's like, God damn it, the shit is hitting the fan here. Yeah. And this motherfucker, this this bot, because it's a bot, is so relentless. It's gonna hunt th- these guys down to death, and he does kill James Brolin very quickly. Yeah. Uh, a f- swiftly, he's like bang, 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 like. And a, a bunch of times in the way that just like this movie does things that like movies now just do not do, which is just mm. like they kind of kill this main character unceremoniously, fairly mm-hmm. quickly, fairly early in the movie yeah. too. Like this guy would have lasted longer in the movie. They would have made a bigger deal out of his death. He would have had more of a moment to like try and like have a hero moment and instead it's just kind of like what the fuck's going on it's like a confusion and then of course and then this movie does the thing that's just like was and continues to be refreshing on the show which is just it just kind of ends it's just like mm-hmm. he does the thing the end what more do we yep. need we don't need to spend an extra 10 minutes to be like how did this make you feel and like oh do you have yep. regret? like we don't need any of that it's just it ends yeah love it I think of uh, I don't know why, but I think of Scream. Yeah, like, that kind of just let's get out of here. Pretty man. damn quick. Yeah, uh, love it. So th- it turns out, and this is another kind of um, uh, trope, I guess. That's uh, it's the unlikely main character. It's the guy who started off as like the like with the questions, like how do I do this? Do I do the string thing on my leg, or I- I'd like one? To like the reluctant hero, where his friend just got capped by a bot, Yul yeah. Brenner. And now he has to run away on a horse, get away from this guy as much as he can because he's going to murder him. Hides out in the desert, and there's this, uh, there's this, it's on. Yeah, you said the horse, and that reminded me that there's this really funny shot when like he escapes on the horse, and then Yul Brenner kind of like watches him, and then slowly walks to like this, what is essentially an alley between two buildings, and then there's this like four second pause, like it's a really like. It's just like a second and a half too long. <laughs> and then he comes out on a horse where it's like it literally is comedy pacing. But it's again, he just comes out sincerely. And I, I got confused. Like, that's a really funny moment. And I know it's not supposed to be funny. It's just he must have had a, a brief <laughs> hiccup getting on the horse. And it took him an extra second to get on camera. So once he gets out there in kind of the desert, it's high plains kind of looking. There's another engineer out there. He, he he literally drives like a little car out there. And Adam Scott, a guy, comes up to him and he's, he gets a little exposition from the guy. Nothing we don't already know, but the guy like basically ups our stakes because this is an engineer telling him, like, if he's going after you, he's going after you. You're pretty much dead i I can't help you you're fucked (laughs) yeah he's like there's got to be another way he's like no sorry and i think doesn't he get murdered the engineer guy i think so out there i think he gets shot like right then and there by uh the gunslinger and it's just 
foot chase shoot bang 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 uh, adam scott tries to hide around a corner yul brenner kind of like is too smart for him and he's suddenly he's behind him more bang 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 and then uh he gets kind of to the outskirts like the truman show edge of the map sort of <laughs> yeah. and he uh i believe it's underground he has, doesn't he have to go through a series of kind of like tunnels to get out through yeah um, they get up through medieval world yeah but yeah it's he goes back in and that's when he sees that all of the all of the guys in the all the white coats are dead because they yeah. were they lost oxygen in that room which is like <laughs> my god how fucking tightly like why is it so airtight in that room oh there's one thing it's not very helpful like you don't even need this in the movie but the before the engineer dies in the the desert uh, he says, uh, there's got to be another way. He's like, maybe acid? And then he, he suggests one other thing, like maybe deprogramming it or something like that. We don't get to see that. Yeah. But the acid, like, but we, we he could have figured that out himself. Sure. It's just acid, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it would burn a human and a robot, you know? <laughs> there's a bit of a chase. Uh, I, think it, well, I think we're right here with the acid. Like, there's tables with bots on it, like, that were mid-operation corpses of of engineers and stuff adam scott gets on a, a slab waiting for yule brenner to to kind of come down the corridor with a jar of hyd- hydrochloric acid he's ready to throw it in his face mm-hmm. as soon as he gets next to him he senses that he's there boom whips it and i love this effect this is so practical and cheap um they had a, a like a gel-based makeup or something and they crushed alka seltzer in it and they just threw water on it, and that's how you got the he got his fizziness sure. going on with the acid. Yeah, it looks harmless. It, it looks mostly. like uh, it looks thin. The you know like yeah, it looks, sure. You know, but it's cool. I think if you light it or put the right these days, I think you can slap some effects on it sure. and uh, add something to it. But uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. It is like <laughs> like it's a little like uh, like just somebody <laughs> spit toothpaste on him. <laughs> I just I think it's it reminds me of like kids with a camera in the backyard. Yeah. Like this level of filmmaking. We but like they're under the gun and they have thousands and thousands of dollars, you know. Um cuz it's only a 1.2 million dollars. So they don't have millions of dollars in this Yeah, case. I was going to say they don't they don't have they, they have, have million. Yeah, they have million <laughs> of dollars. <laughs> so uh it kind of uh culminates in uh there you get a little bit of Roman world, but what I found out is they were since they were so strapped for locations, what we see that little pond outside area with the hedges is actually one of the producers' backyards. Oh wow! I think yeah, or like some Hollywood guy's backyard, you know that they knew, and uh, that's why it, you don't get much of yeah. <laughs> of Roman. That's world why it's there. just orgy and, and and running around screaming. That was going to happen anyway at yeah. my place this Saturday. You well, could film it. I'm lucky for you. I, you know, if you want to get some real production value, if you want to add a third world, because it was just going to be the two, you can add Roman <laughs> World. I'm having a party this weekend. He was going to call it Porno World, though, and the filmmakers like, how about just we, Roman? We can't world. call it Porno World. Well, well whatever, why not? Whatever you have to do. Well, fine. Okay. Just whatever you have to do to get it on camera. Like at that point, he really <laughs> wants it. <laughs> This guy, who is this guy? Creepy Hollywood guy. Yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. just show up on my property. You just, you, 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 there's going to be people here. It's going to be snacks. I'll have a spread, and you do your thing. Weinstein's father, you know. <laughs> Shit. Um, so they go. They do get back to medieval world, and 
that's where the big it's not much of a showdown so i can't even say a big showdown because literally he sets he they, they do the raptor scene in the kitchen so basically if he's sensing heat and his face is damaged from the acid he's having trouble with the lights especially if if our adam scott guy is standing underneath a, a lit torch in medieval world the, the brightness of that fire is just too much if you stare at it yeah as a as a, an android so he uh, eventually gets right up next to him, and it's just this long, drawn-out, kind of tense moment. And uh, Yul Brenner eventually is like, should I turn around, just walk away? Like, eh, maybe I should stick around. And Adam Scott's, like, sweating. He's like, should I, my mustache is starting to cinder. It's singeing. It's got little mustache hairs on fire. It's peeling off. <laughs> and uh, The spirit gum is melting off my face. Just like the uh, acid, he kind of catches on and then immediately adam scott reacts uh, positively and swiftly and this time he takes that torch and he lights yul brenner on fire and you get him you know kind of sway it around man on fire stunts you know um pretty cool and you get you know you think it's over you get that kind of last minute scare and it's charred you up yul brenner I, I think it's a hollywood rule that if you're gonna set your robot on fire uh, he needs to come back as a crispy guy, and then you yeah. then then he's dead. You know, crispy guy. If he if he does I, not come back as a crispy robot, he's got to be black and tarnished. This is definitely yep. the rule. Yep. So he shows up, and uh, it's like he just collapses. He doesn't even have to do anything. So just it's just kind of like a last little scare. Like here he is, he's burnt, and then he falls on the ground, mm-hmm. and. Uh, then it just wraps up, right? And then that's it. Like he, that's yeah, that's pretty literally much it. it. He's like done. And then there's like like some reference to like the vacation of your life or whatever. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Credits. Um, nice little contained story with such a like I said, such a rich universe to to have such a tiny little story in. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I do obviously think that Jurassic Park is inherently a more interesting story because you mm-hmm. have dinosaurs that are not animatronic, but Agreed. it's uh you can definitely see the uh, the 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 bones of uh, mm-hmm. the dinosaur bones are here that would later become Jurassic Park, and again, I you know. I don't want to say it makes me want to read the novel. It just makes me want somebody to explain the novel to me. Like, hey, was it? Was it? Does it have some teeth to it? No pun intended. You're like, I, yeah, um, it did. Cool. That's all I needed. Thanks. I feel like this is a million dollar idea, but it's it's got to be somebody pitched this somewhere or has it. Um, it's maybe even Crichton. Um, if he's done androids going amok in a, a theme park setting, he's done dinosaurs. It w- wouldn't it be cool if he did like an Area Fifty One? Oh, like, sure. we found aliens, and if you pay a certain amount of money, you can come to space and see them, or you know, maybe on Earth. I don't know, Class M planet. I like it. Hey, well, you better look. And yeah, things shit goes crazy. You better look up what Future World was ever about, because maybe ah, yeah, it could be the aliens, yeah, that we're talking about. But yeah, I think that's like. But imagine like a, like a big budget blockbuster that made today with like that kind of setup, you know? You know what? I just that thought of another cool. world because it was inspired by Pirates of the Caribbean. It could have been like a little pirate. That's world. right. Could have, could have, could have, you could have a, a living Tortuga. That's right. It's not that far yeah. off from Roman world. There's a lot of orgies going on. Yeah. Right 
I did read that. Like, uh, apparently Crichton was on Pirates of the Caribbean. It was like, this would be a cool idea if the animatronic, like, something went bad. But, like, why not? Why didn't he have a fucking buccaneer world then? Probably you know? maybe too close, maybe too obvious. I guess, yeah. Buccaneer um, world. Yeah, I guess, like, lawsuit from Disney. Yeah. But, uh,. I enjoyed this movie. I thought I was going to hate it. Like, because, you know, a lot of these old movies are like, they're probably, it's going to be paced really bad. It's going to just be boring and flat. I assumed it had to have something for it to be, uh, like I said, a bona fide franchise. Like, it's a legit franchise. So, honestly, I I thought that there had to be something there to it. And uh, I I was just still shocked that it was not a book before the movie. It was, it started as a movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Um uh, good for, are you gonna read the book? Good, now? good for Mikey Kreit. No, I'm not gonna read the book. They require me to read. <laughs> I'm an ignorant putz. I'm not gonna pick up a book unless it's like about a comedian or Batman. <laughs> you know, like I uh, I understand. Like I think I'm like I'm more into autobiographies, and it has to be like a troubled, like rock star kind of biography. Yeah, like, a celebrity yeah. that I like that they're writing their autobiography, or at least they're pretending like they wrote their own autobiography. Then sure, <laughs> I'm into it. But yeah. beyond that, I don't. I don't. Oh, you want to make you want me to read fiction? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Make me do all the thinking in my head and imagining things. No, thank you. Ignorant asshole. Um, all right. Uh, that is going to be it for us this week. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, I am Jeremy Eden. I am Dan Eden. Don't forget 90under90.patreon.com slash 90under90 for $1 a month. You get our monthly episodes. And that is going to be it for us this week. Bye-bye. <laughs> What do you mean you're out of chocolate? How can that be?